I'm Max, and you're listening to Zito Slapitas, a Mammoth Club original podcast. What up all you normal high schoolers and secret agent people that just have first names, maybe? I'm Alan, and I've not thought of my secret agent name yet, so I'm going to let you both do that. I'm secret agent. You know, I feel like I was put on the spot here, and I don't know mine either. Wow. Well... This is going great. I'm Silverstone. <laughs> oh, you're just taking a shot. That one it. been that one been taken already? Uh, uh, no. Like, actually, there was a there was a, an agent called Hawk. I'll just be Duck. Cool. Oh, oh, there I like that. Go. I know my brand. You know what I mean? Oh, I'll be new. I'll be Newt. I want to be right. Shark then. Oh, okay. Easy. We got, we got Duck, Newt, and Shark. What a what a <laughs> dynamic like trio. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I think we could solve crime. We very, could. Very animal themed. Truly. In our, in our agent division. I agree. And this, folks, is Zetus Lapitas. It is the podcast where we watch every Disney Channel original movie week by week in chronological order and spend way too much time analyzing them. This week, we watched Jet Jackson the movie. Yeah. True. Big fan. The basic show info of this film is as follows. I'm going to read this and I'm going to pause because it feels this is a direct copy paste from IMDb. This feels inaccurate. Jet Jackson decides to quit Silverstone and lead a normal life. On the day of his last episode, he is hit on the head with a prop. And in his dream, he is Silverstone. He is the only one who realizes that this is a dream. Uh, I don't think that's what this movie is about at all. I don't mm. think it's a dream. I agree. I, I, yeah, I don't, that's not, that's not what this movie's about. I agree. Uh, listen, IMDb, what are you doing? Also, not to nitpick, but he doesn't get hit in the head. He gets right. electrocuted. Well, he gets, he gets shoved through extra dimensional space. Right. I thought that this actually happened. I think so too. The, the IMDb summary is painting this like a Wizard of Oz. Right. Uh-huh. It is all in her head, but I don't. I don't think that's the case. No, I, I think this is a this is a real thing that occurs. So we're all agreed IMDb got this one wrong for the first time. Yeah, I think that's true. And also, you know, this is this movie is based on a television show. Yeah. Which I have realized in watching it I have deep, deep rooted nostalgia for. But I've just pulled up the wiki of the television show as well, which is that it says the relative realism of Jet's home life sometimes gave way to fantasy or paranormal elements, such as one episode in which Jet learns about a shameful incident in Willstead's history with a little prodding from the ghost of a key figure in the buried scandal. This is not, it's not like there's no trend of paranormal and like right. fantastical elements in the thing, you know? I huh. just don't remember that. Interesting. I watched the show, but I don't remember ever like, having like paranormal stuff. No, I, I just remember it being about this kid who was also a movie star, like the Hannah Montana before Hannah Montana. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I, not surprised that they played with elements like this. I mean, it it's an like a pseudo action show. Yeah. Also interesting, this is like our this is this is like the most action movie decom we've had so far. Like we've had like sure. sports movies, but we haven't had like an action movie. We had like fighting in this film. It was very interesting. It's also the first decom that we have that is based on a Disney Channel show. Like I think that's that true. might kick yeah, off that. Trend. That's going to happen a lot here yeah, coming we're up. Get yeah, Ethan Stevens at some point. Lizzie McGuire get... is Lizzie McGuire a decom? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, no, no, oh, that's a theatrical release. They have a Lizzie McGuire movie. Yeah, but it's a theatrical oh. release. It's a theatrical release. Interesting. Unfortunately, we don't get to watch the it. Even the even Stevens movie for sure, though. We also have coming a Kim Possible movie. 
a Phineas and Ferb movie. Uh, so I agree with Max that this is kind of the uh, kickoff of the TV show into a movie, proud family movie. Like a lot of the animated series, we're going to get mm-hmm. to their movie version as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's interesting to me is that I, once I was watching it, I was again hit with like a uh, nostalgia I wasn't really expecting, to be honest. I remembered watching the show, but it wasn't until I was in it that I was like, I remember every one of these characters. What's interesting is that this is how they ended the show. Essentially, like this is at the end of the run. It's not it's not like a kickoff that then the show went for. This is the end of the run. So the show ran from 1998 to 2001, uh, June of 2001. And this movie releases June of 2001. It's the end of the show. Yeah, it released June 8th of 01. I guess this I didn't realize that it's it's interesting. I, I mean, I didn't realize it because I didn't watch either this movie or this show ever as a kid mm. so max i'm guessing you did you watched you watched the show I did, i'm not yeah. guessing you did and not surprising because part of what we've talked about here as as we've sort of gone through these phases of like did we watch didn't we watch is like our age and sort of who they are targeting this feels like an older decom right and so 2001 i'm 12 uh this show's been on for three years so i've gone from being like 10 9 10 to like 11 12 years old this show feels right like this is my speed you know what i mean like this is absolutely the type of disney show that i would watch right it's got that level of like oh it's cool it's action it's like you know they're a little bit older it's not it doesn't feel targeted at demo younger than me Uh, you know I don't know if I watch this movie. I know I watch the show. I have a lot of nostalgia for the show, but I don't specifically remember watching the movie. And watching the movie, I can't tell if my nostalgia was just for the characters and the universe or if it was for actually this movie. I, I don't think I watched this movie. Hmm. Just to be clear, I found that I had nostalgia, but again, I don't think it had anything to do with this movie. I might have watched it, but it feels so much like the show that like, who knows? You know what I mean? But every character, I was like, oh, right, that guy's in this. And right, that's the that's the girl. And like, yeah, there's the weird tech guy. And like, dad's <laughs> the sheriff. And like, everything kind of dripped back into me huh. of like, because even at first when I was watching this, I was like, God, it's weird that like he's a big star in Hollywood, but he's got this like small town feel. And then I'm like, right, that, that's the whole freaking premise is that like he got the studio moved to North Carolina so that he could be like, I, I just like had this floodgate open basically. But I think to Molly's point, I think it was all because of the show. I don't know that I ever actually watched this movie. Hmm. Well, we all can't say that anymore. We all very much have. True to this. Yeah. So let's talk about things that were happening on June 8th of 2001. The top song of the time was Lady Marmalade by Christina Aguilera. Oh, Oh, hell yes. Yes. Hey, sister, so sister, better get that flow, sister. Hey, sister, so sister. Boulevoucouche avec moi, c'est toi. That's inappropriate. Wow, Molly, 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 that is, we have a line here. Do you want to know something? This is a family show. Listen, we 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 don't talk about dogs. Fucking people. And other things here. This is a family (laughs) show. Listen. Listen. I'm listening. Tell me. When I was in middle school, when that song came out. <laughs> uh huh. Tell me more. I got in trouble for teaching uh, 
girls mm. that dance moves to this video <laughs> oh, because allegedly wow. they uh-huh. were inappropriate for the middle school oh, dance. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh-huh. Allegedly. Yeah, tell me more about that. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Like it just is. Although to be fair, everybody in my middle school dance is just grinding on each other. So I don't know how it's more inappropriate than bumping <laughs> yeah. uglies. You know I'm what sorry I mean? that like, dancing alone like a strong independent queen is less or is more offensive than grinding up on some middle yeah. schooler's boner, but like feeling feeling a, a tent get popped. Yeah. Good <laughs> fucking lord. Like, yeah. Uh this music video is awesome. This song it's awesome. is awesome. Power, power a group that puts yeah. it out too. Pink, power group. Christina Aguilera. Look, Kim, Maya. Oh, this mm-hmm. song. I'm gonna get listen to this when we're done. Mm-hmm. Alan, does that mean that Moulin Rouge is the top film? No, Swordfish is the top film, starring Halle Berry and John Travolta. Interesting. Oh. I wonder where Moulin Rouge comes in. Like, is it is it out? Is this a precursor? So is this after Moulin Rouge? Moulin I, I Rouge. mean, this song was huge. I remember it being oh, yeah. every they they performed it on the Grammys, I wanna say. Like this song was everywhere. Moulin Rouge was released in May, so it would have been okay, so out are, for a we while. We are past, we are past the, the Moulin Rouge era. But so, the song continues to dominate. Mm-hmm. How many weeks was this song on the top of the charts? Lady, Moulin Rouge, how <laughs> Nice. <laughs> this is the most time we've spent on this. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's five weeks out. But, yeah. our, but our number one movie is Swordfish, <laughs> yeah. which is uh, yes. uh, Halle Berry. Yeah, so it's been five weeks on top of the charts. Swordfish was the number one movie of the time. Some news headlines of the time. You know... You know it's a weak week when I have to resort to talking about Dick Cheney. He had his third heart procedure since taking office as the VP. Hey, we're we're all out here. We're all out here rooting for Dick. Didn't he shoot somebody? <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. But the man is the man is passed on. Let's yes. some respect. But it's right, that's him, right? Yes, that is yes. the same same gentleman. Yeah. Yes. Uh, in less political news, Nintendo released the Game Boy Advance on June 11th. Oh, a classic. Revolutionizing both the cartridge size. This is when Nintendo's like, you know what? We need smaller game cartridges so that kids what can lose them a, more places. What we need is a backlit console. Am I right? We do. We do. And then we get the Advance SP not too long after that. Molly, you, mm-hmm. you definitely. I think I had the Advance. Yeah, you definitely had the Advance. It was the wider. This. It's the wider boy. Like, I think kinda, I had. The advance for for when I was allowed to play my Game Boy, which was like for car trips and stuff. Is this after the color? Yes. Mm-hmm. The color came out in 98. I know because I've yeah, researched color, and seen it enough. The color had a more traditional Game Boy shape, more more portrait, not landscape, if you will. And in the advance, they swapped to a wide screen and a little short but but wide cartridges. They the changed little, the Game Boy format for cartridge little, for the little, first time ever. Chody cartridges. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, let's talk about Jet Jackson the movie. It opens with a movie in a movie, but we don't know it yet as the audience unless you are a fan of Jet Jackson the show, the famous Jet Jackson. Yeah, I do I, not know. I knew it was a TV show in a movie and I didn't care. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I I love the intro. I, I gotta say, I actually tend to like these because I liked the one in yeah. Phantom of the Megaplex. Was it Phantom of the Megaplex? It was, um, no, it was uh, Mom's Gotta, Mom's the gotta Do with the Vampire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Under Wraps, the under, first like, ever decom. I like the movie wraps. in a movie. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's a, it's sort of like a heist retrieval with 
this character called the rat who's delivering a disc to yeah, i don't know what the the villain the crag. villain crag. crag yes that crag our big villain crag uh and these grown adults just stand there as teens bust into the <laughs> bust oh, yeah. into the space they they repel <laughs> yeah in i don't know how they got in there but they repel in they use a sick ass shockwave pod we got cool like tech yeah silverstone and hawk appear onto the scene i think who yeah immediately it doesn't i think this is what I, i was mentioning earlier immediately it doesn't feel like a decom really because it's way more action than we have had in any decom up Correct. until this point like having watched all of them back to back it's like oh this is a different tone than any of these other films it does however feel like it's 2001 and that's because of Hawk's <laughs> eyebrows yeah that's Hawk true. has the horrible overplucked eyebrow that all of us subjected ourselves to in the early 2000s and that was like the first thing I noticed on her. I was like, oh, she's going to have a time growing those back out. The Silverstone long weather jacket. Yes. Did, do you think the Matrix came out two I, years I, ago? I, I, I actually had a note about if the same fashion designer dresses all spies because they all <laughs> yes. wear long leather jackets and then narrow black sunglasses. No, I it's, just think that the Matrix was the biggest movie in the world <laughs> when this show started, right? This show starts in 1998. The Matrix comes out out early 99 like yeah. i think the matrix defined this show in a lot of ways yeah, absolutely that, i got a boring movie am i right okay okay <laughs> oh, take right. a lap <laughs> it's such a, oh my it's god so good <laughs> and you're over here like armageddon is a brilliant piece of filmmaking i mean listen okay the trilogy has a lot of problems True. right but and, the and there's one. a lot about the movie that has a lot there's, there's some problematic elements of the movie in general but as an action film brilliant revolutionary i can appreciate the cool slow-mo shots yeah Mm -hmm. what we have in this movie however is something that is produced by budget michael bay or directed by budget michael bay because as silverstone is running away from this somehow filled with propane building it blows up behind him and you get the the cool guys don't look at explosions moment as he is blown from his feet and he's like you couldn't save him silverstone Craig is dead. And you're like, oh, no. And that's when they shot, cut! I, I think it's interesting, because in this universe, correct me if I'm wrong, he's 16, or, you know, he's, a, he's mm-hmm. in high school. The Junior show school, is about yeah. spies that are in high school. And they're just murdering people. Well, he tried to mm-hmm. save them. I yeah, I, I think they made every effort. They, I don't think that was an intentional murdering. Just feels like they mur- they beat up and murder a lot of people for sixteen year olds. Do you think that would weigh heavy on his conscience? I think I think incapacitating and murdering are two different things. When they knew it was going to blow, they tried to get him out. That's true. Craig closed the door on him and was like, "I'm staying, baby." That's true. I for just feel like he unknown. should go to therapy for that. <laughs> well, you know what? We yeah. all should, Moss. Yeah. I, I know, everyone. but I'm just saying, like, huh? He is like sixteen. And he just murdered a guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we do see Silverstone, the character, struggle a little bit in his scenes later. He gets a little bit moody as directed. But what we get instead is they shout cut and then we we go to Jet Jackson, the child actor who is playing Silverstone, going to high school where we meet his two best friends, one of which 
is going to ask him to prom and he royally fucks up that interaction before it even really starts, which just defines high school interactions, I think. You know, I I think that this movie in a bottle benefits from the fact that it assumes you know a lot about these characters in that they don't give you any exposition. They don't they don't take the time to tell you any of these people are. They just show, don't tell. But that's because you've had three years of television show and they're expecting you to know. And so I actually think that the movie is better because it is expecting you to know things from the show. And so it doesn't like over explain like, oh, this is JB. He's my best friend. Like you could imagine those VO moments that we've gotten in other DCOMs and they just don't need to do it. And it's, I think it just lets you, as you said, fill in those gaps yourself. Even if you, for me, who did not watch the show, I just filled in the gaps. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's JB. He's best friend. That's Kayla is romantic interest, but they're confused. Done. And yeah. I don't, I don't need you to pause a la alley cat strike and be like, this is JB. He's my best friend. And he has been right. for years. He's kind of a nerd, but he always sticks up for me. And this is Kayla. I don't know. I get weird feelings in the pit of my stomach. When I talk to her, almost like butterflies, I get the tingles in my bingles. Like I don't need that in exposition form. I agree. Jet Jackson would sound weird. If, if that's how he talks, <laughs> I feel very out of character. for him. I would agree. He's very cool. Much cooler than that that overtime you know what i did need though that we didn't get hmm. i needed the theme song oh yeah i really like the theme I song know. of the show and i'm really bummed they did not play it even yeah. in like the end somehow yeah like That's even a- if they treated it like a cold open and then yeah. gave a yeah famous jet jackson like when they ran some credits or something mm. that was a good op- that was a good song is jet jackson behind you max as the police Fly through oh, the streets yeah, of probably. LA. Sorry. <laughs> no I, worries. I happen to live in a place where there's just always uh, no. sirens. Welcome to not even Los Angeles, <laughs> the greater Los Angeles area. Uh, there's just there's just always sirens, you know? Doesn't really ever stop. You just kind of, I don't even notice it anymore. That was my favorite thing about visiting. He was like, I wonder if there's going to be a car chase today, Alan. And we walked down the street. I swear sure to enough, God, I one. swear to God, Alan, I've watched two in the last week on YouTube. <laughs> oh, that sounds They're my favorite thing. And then I've explained to people that grew up here, I'm like, I, I need you to understand that this is a very uniquely LA experience. They're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't happen other places in a, and they're like what do you mean it doesn't happen i was like that, trust me we don't like people don't this this is normal this doesn't happen like <laughs> oh god so one thing that this film does really well i actually i like this at the start of the movie is they do a lot of jump cuts back and forth between and it, there's there's zero explanation you just jump between silverstone and jet jackson happening mm-hmm. almost simultaneously and you have to be able to mentally make those context switching pretty fast because we go from school where he he being jet effectively slams the door in the face of kayla the love interest of asking him to prom or that sort of weird interaction and kayla like walks away before she's able to do so because junior prom is happening the next day they go to film and we meet artemis 
And I have to know, Max, as an avid viewer of the show, is that supposed to be a British accent? I could not. I mean, that's just how he talks. But that guy's definitely not Morpheus. Am I right? Sure Um, isn't. (laughs) My my favorite thing about definitely not Lawrence Fishburne is his incredibly wide neck sweater. It is. I mean, that's how he dresses in every episode. And there's just so much trap on display. Like, it's just good for him, though. It's just shoulders like so much shoulders. I mean, and he's got a, such a little sassy walk too. Like, I his really hat. Like him as a kid. I'm a yeah. fan of like I'm a fan of his whole vibe. Uh, yeah, his hat also love that. Oh yeah, the Kangol hat. Big fan yeah. of that. Uh, we so in this scene we are supposed to establish that there is this big uh, like level three omega three mission at Mission Omega Matrix, which is the name of the agency, which, by the way, the acronym for that is MOM, which struck me You may me as not realize that until the doors closed on them. Yeah. Because... No- Go ahead. I didn't notice until the helicopter said it. Mm. <laughs> I Later, there's a moment where, like, the doors shut on screen, like, that you watch them close on you, and I was like, oh, MOM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said that out loud in that moment. This entire scene is to establish Silverstone is not just a secret agent. He's a person, too. He's trying to identify who he is outside of being a secret agent. He's conflicted. Mm -hmm. And also to uh, show that Jet has a habit of putting soda cans that are half full on $6,845 pieces of electrical equipment that will clearly not ever impact the plot of this movie not gonna come back that's throwaway wouldn't it's, come back it's just tech guy being tech guy you know yeah that's just that's just being, the cub man just mm. being kooky tech guy yeah oh look at do that man yeah we do get the uh central conflict for jet here though which is and a bit of community theater yeah a guy that exclusively plays agents correct (laughs) and not the secret agent kind no 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 the sleazy hollywood kind that's right the exclusively takes roles as agents we have our reappearance from the sleazy agent from quince Mm -hmm. is back as jet jackson's agent and the central conflict for jet in this moment is hey, they want to sign you back on for three more seasons of the show. And this whole studio, everything that's happening here hinges on you being willing to continue to be Silverstone. And Jet's like, man, like I am tired. Because you ever been a teenager and been tired? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's just existing as a teenager. <laughs> You're always tired as a teenager. I could sleep so many hours as a teen and still mm-hmm. want to sleep more. Yeah, be oh, tired. I miss I that. Although Plus I feel just, that way now mostly. So, yeah. Different so, reasons. Yeah, for sure. Uh you feel bad for Jet because like he's missing out on mm-hmm. being a teenager and he'll have to stay late for scenes and that we're gonna see this manifest in a very big way shortly, but you, you kind of do feel that for Jet where he's like, yeah, I mean, this would be a lot of money and that would be great. Uh, but also, do I want to keep doing this? Like, do I want to miss out on the rest of my high school experience to keep making this movie or the mm. show? Well, and also the pressure of like uh, of everyone that works on the show. And it, it's not even about like 
this only affects me. It's like this affects a lot of people and you and you they pay that off a little bit later, which I, I kind of love. Right. That like they show the consequences of Jet's actions and, and what this choice really means. And, and it gives it weight. And and some people are supportive and some people are not, which I which I love. But mm -hmm. that is ultimately the central conflict, which parallels Silverstone's conflict of maybe I don't want to just always be a, a, a secret agent. Right. And we see this play out in a in a couple of characters, as you mentioned, most specifically Tank, who's certainly not a teenager. Tank Wilson is, I don't know, 45 years old. <laughs> he, he is a full-grown adult. He's a, he's a grown-ass man. And probably a professional linebacker on uh, an NFL football team. <laughs> he is seven feet tall he was huge <laughs> we he's have a giant he's man a he absolutely man. dwarfs everyone around him he, he reminds me of he's not as cute as this guy but he reminds me of the guy that was certainly 30 in genius like oh, yeah. that, that was like we almost over. had the arena to ourselves no no the cute one <laughs> Oh, the my main, God. The no, main they hockey that guy. guy. They pulled the arena guy into this, <laughs> this movie. Guy looks, that guy looks more like Ted. I looked it up, actually, for the record, because I had to know. He was actually only 20. What? Not, not I, bad. I, I thought he was like 37, but no, yeah. he was only 20. He God, just, when he did he hit looks, puberty? 11? He just looks older. <laughs> he was just but also, huge. He's, he's an interesting character because at first glance, if you're unfamiliar with the show or don't remember the show, you think he's going to be the bully. Like yeah. you think he's going to be the typical jock that's mean to Jet. And when that first started happening, because he kind of did like, hey, Jet, like kind of yelled at yeah. him. And I was like, is this guy going to be mean to the movie star? Like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Like, it's a lot of that's not who gumption. I'd be mean to if I was, you know, the bully. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't pick on the guy making like lots of money and is famous, but OK. Um, but then it turns out that's not the case. They they all grew up together and they're buddies. And he's just kind of mm -hmm. ribbing him, ribbing him well, a little bit. Well, and also he's concerned about his family, right? He's yeah. like. He's like, this impacts my parents and and I care about my parents and yep. that kind of stuff, right? So, it feels like real conflict, not petty dumb shit, right. if that makes sense. It's it's something that like it's as if almost this movie decided to pay off important plot points like I don't know, Hounded should have. Like this <laughs> one actually paid off the shit that they set up, which is nice. So we're back at school. We have this interaction with Tank. When you meet them and their friends, you have the uh, incredibly awkward interaction again between Jet and Kayla when they determine if they're going to go to prom together. And it's like this sort of like, I'll meet you there and then we'll be there in the same room together. <laughs> it's like we can dance. We can dance. We can awkwardly slow dance. It's going to be great. This prompted me. <laughs> I hope so. Um, <laughs> This is probably a question for me. Now we've talked about prom on this on this show yeah. already, but I don't remember us talking about how we got asked or asked someone to prom hmm. because this scene felt <laughs> very real to me. Yeah. Like uh -huh. this, like. Well, I'm going to prom. Are you going to prom? Uh, yeah, I'll be at prom too. Did you, are you going with any, like that, it's, that feels like the most high school, high school thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, um, so I was curious. I mean, we know that Alan had a very scandalous prom night of girls sleeping over in his house. Um, I certainly would never have had a girl sleep over in my house. Um, you... what, how, how did we, uh, Alan, come on. Uh, how did we, uh, get asked or asked to prom? Uh, I asked both of my dates who were different dates the same way with the bouquet of flowers and I just asked them. 
Alex wow, was so nice. He probably was flowers. just like, "Hello, would you like to go to prom with me?" I like, don't like. Alex I, like normal about it, probably. Yeah. Well, yeah. I did. I first of all, like, let's. Okay, flowers is like that's putting yourself. I mean, like, I, I want to give you credit, especially knowing that you moved around a lot. Like, yeah. showing up with a bouquet of flowers is like not. I mean, can I potentially real rejection? Were, were you dating these girls? Uh, in both. It, it, Weirdly, in both instances, I think I had like just started or was planning on asking them out. Okay. So mm. like, but, but the scene was all like, it was the same. And I, again, my junior and senior proms were in a high school that I moved to in my junior year. So like, it wasn't like I knew people. So I just brought a bouquet of flowers to school, found them in the hall and asked them like, nice. bold, bold. I like it. Yeah. I mean, we, we also were like. I think we were really close to the like promposal era, but I don't mm. remember it being that big when I was in high school. But then I think it like took off, especially with, with social media. With the internet, yeah. yeah. Molly, what was what was it like for you? I think both junior and senior year are embarrassing, so I'm trying to decide which <laughs> uh-huh. story to tell. Ooh. Um, I will tell senior year, and uh, I went with a friend who I felt platonic feelings for um and he very nicely uh i think he drove me home from something that like a big group of us had been at Mm -hmm. and he then told me he forgot the flowers he had bought so Mm -hmm. he picked a flower out of my own garden and asked me good recovery good recovery i don't know that it would have been my you know, ideal prom date, uh, situation, but he's a very nice guy. And, um, we were all in the same group of friends. So it kind of didn't yeah. matter who went with who, cause we were all going to get the limo together and go to the same mm-hmm. after party and blah, blah, blah. So it kind of was just like everybody tagged up. Yeah. What I think you, prom Max? is mostly about like who you hang out with and like just making sure everybody chills with the right same yeah. people yeah um i i i don't remember uh how i asked a girl my junior year i went to i think we said this i went to three proms one of them i was dating one of the girl and so that was just sort of like by default i went to her prom she was homeschooled i went to her prom um i'm sorry she was at her house <laughs> you went to her prom <laughs> is it in her living room <laughs> it was yeah her mom put on a great prom. Was her dad yeah. was the dj way to go carol way to go <laughs> her mom put out a really nice selection of snacks there was punch there was <laughs> they turned on one of the you know like the four thousands on the <laughs> on the satellite that they plays had, like they put some streamers in the living music. room <laughs> they did it was really nice they rented a disco ball like not one that like for the ceiling but like on the floor right and yeah. so, some balloons you know around. lots of different colors they had a balloon but it was a happy birthday balloon it was all that they had at the store was they a, blew it up with actual air not helium like they yeah. yeah that's right it didn't they didn't have a tank so it was just kind of like big on the ground you know like um no they did uh I, I don't know. I don't know anything about being homeschooled, except that I did. This girl and she was homeschooled. They had like a homeschool prom. They had like a they had like a prom for all the homeschool. <laughs> Holy shit! They did. I don't know why it's so funny, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I went to I went to 
I've been different public schools. So, like, for me, this concept is fucking wild. How fucking awkward prom is anyway? And now you've got all these kids How that do you know don't each know other? each other. They, did, they did, though. They did. See, like, my understanding, I don't, I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about being homeschooled, guys, but I, guys, I asked how we asked. I didn't even ask this girl. I was just dating her. And I, okay, so anyway, she, she had a prom, okay? By the way, it was the nicest prom I went to. Um, probably because it was a nice only, house. It was probably because there were only 35 people there. But, um, but no, they had like, they had like, okay, apparently, if you were homeschooled, jump in the comments, but. Apparently they had like every once in a while they would have class together, which kind of doesn't sound like homeschooling, but but they all knew each other. All right, commune. They all knew each other, and at least this group I went with did. I went with like like three or four couples, and um, this girl, uh, church youth group. Ah, yeah, heard. I understand. Church youth group. Um, There was a time before I was corrupted. Uh, So. I I'll went to her prom. It was very nice. They had a live band. That is I just nice. Let me tell you, they had like a, nice. a, these homeschool kids out here with money. Let me tell you, like mm. they they are uh, you don't you wouldn't think that homeschool kids would have a better budget than than I don't know an actual educational institution, but they do. Here they maybe they're parent funded. Who's to say? Yeah. Um, anyway, Ooh, God, I needed that. Wow. I don't remember fucking anything about that. All I remember is in my senior year in my actual high school, I was no longer dating that girl. I had an idea of who I want to go with, mostly because she was friends with my friends' girlfriends. And so I was just like, this is convenient. And I literally walked and like I was sort of friends with everybody. I think I've, we've talked about that. Like I was lucky enough to just kind of be friends with everybody. And so I walked up next to her. I hooked my arm around her shoulder and said, hey, you want to go to prom? And she said, yeah, all right. That was nice. It. It, was, Romance. It, it was literally that simple. We we started platonically and then we actually dated post prom. So it all worked we, out. Yeah. Yeah, it worked out. That's incredible. Holy shit. That was amazing. That was amazing. Everything Who about knew? That. Who knew homeschool prom would be such a banger? I, yeah. I, I, I've had that one in my pocket as long as I've known you. I've just never. Yeah. I have so many follow up questions that we don't have time for in this podcast, but I will be <laughs> Not asking. to worry. We will ask. You know, Molly? I'm sure we'll find an opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Well, we all got to experience our prom. Jet Jackson did not. That's true. Because he was filming. He was in his moody scenes as Silverstone, and they weren't able to get one of the cameras right for his scene, so they had to stay and film them again and stay late. I actually feel really bad for him right now, not just because he misses prom, but because he fucking nailed the scene. Like, mm. can you imagine what a bummer it would be? Like, let's say we're shooting a video and we nail our review of whatever to only mm. find out the camera didn't work. Like, mm-hmm. the wind would just be out of your sails of just like, I just crushed that. And now you have to like try and remember how you did it last time. And like, yep. your heart wouldn't be in it as much because you thought you were going to the prom. That's I tough. Felt, I felt for Jet. We also get to meet Jet's mom, who I think is an A plus mom in this scenario. Uh, very Back up supportive. That single parent counter, by the way. Right. Well, double single parent because they're divorced. Are they divorced? Yeah, they're divorced. Okay. Mom and dad are I divorced. was like, they're Dad's divorced. not dead, but right, they're divorced. Can no, I, they're divorced. Well, I actually want to pause for a moment and and really, and I, this just struck me. I want to commend this movie 
for not making the parents being, and I don't know if this is how it was in the show, Max, you'll have to tell me, but I don't remember the divorced parents. It was just how jet lived. It wasn't made to be this big thing. It Mm -hmm. wasn't made to be a central plot point. It wasn't dramatized or overemphasized. It just felt like that's Jet's situation. And both parents are normal and functional. And that's how they lived. I, that is true. I didn't even think of that, which as a child of divorce, maybe I just wasn't thinking about it. But like most of the time when you do have divorced parents and we've seen it in DCOMs already, the the parents take every opportunity they can to talk shit about the other parent. And like mm-hmm. they didn't do that. You're right. I To the yeah. point where I literally didn't catch on to the fact that they were divorced because they were like. Yeah, I don't even know if you would. It, it, it would have come up except that and and probably again because this film just benefits from you knowing a lot from the show um they just expect you to know mm-hmm. that the parents are divorced but uh if if you know spoiler alert if silverstone isn't in the car with the mom and mom goes to drop him off at dad's and he's like well can we go in she's like i'm not going in that's like true. but you can go like that that's the only moment where i think maybe you would put it together if you're not paying attention like you know mom's not at the house with miss coretta you know what i mean but like maybe you know otherwise you might just not catch it exactly i I, thought it was very well done i do have another question we're clicking the single counter up for jet are we clicking it again because does silverstone have any parents well i think that's a that's a different question you're asking here i'm just saying are we double clicking well, that's a no parent counter. Um, maybe he's a genetic experiment, which is how he's a teenage secret agent who's been raised by definitely not Morpheus uh, in this universe. That's true. So. Yeah, I think just once. Like, does the movie have yeah. a single parent? I, I yes. think it's interesting that Silverstone might not have any parents. I have lots of questions about the interaction between our actual universe and Silverstone's universe. Same Z's. And we're about to get there, too, because Jet sleeps on it, decides that he does not want to do any more Silverstone. He does not want to renew his contract, but goes into work to shoot his last scenes anyway. He is told there's going to be some revisions of some scripting that's happening on the day. He leaves his soda once more on this $6,845 piece of electrical equipment, and it is knocked over, causing visible electricity to jettison down wires to this machine that has been crafted and restructured by the prop department, I assume, that then powers on and Jet is thrown through this machine and he emerges into the Silverstone universe. Mm-hmm. And, and vice versa. And vice versa. Right. Yeah. The space-time continuum machine, I think, is... It, this machine is string theory. It is propelling you into a different parallel universe where like that is the truth of who that human being is which is wild jet jackson in the multiverse of madness am i right absolutely i mean this movie walks so that loki could run it so that dr strange could have his powers you would yeah. bring up dr strange <laughs> i mean i'm not the one who wrote the lore around him but who knew that jet jackson the movie would be the genesis of all of this certainly not a comic from 30 years before. Before we get into what has happened now that the two have swapped lives, essentially, I want to come back to the agent just for a second because he's like shoving the contract in Jet's face. And Mm -hmm. I once again need to understand how legal documents work in the DCOM universe. (laughs) (laughs) Because why is this 16-year-old 
the one reviewing the contract. Yeah. He's like, he's like going to school. Yeah. He's like going to school and the guy's like, just sign it right now. And I'm like, I don't think, I I don't think he can. I think he needs a legal guardian. Where's mom? Mom or dad should be present. And maybe a lawyer. Like, yeah. Because this agent has proven himself to be skeezy with quits earlier with with five babies. So, do you think he lost his job from whatever the baby company was, and so he's moved on? I was literally in this moment going to ask if it's the same person. I, I think so. Is like this it. part of the DCOM U? I, I think so. so. And is yes. he the same agent? What's his name in this one? Not me looking it up right now. So it's Vince Carraza, right? That's the actor. He plays Plunkett. What? That sounds like a made-up name. That what? sounds like a that sounds like a name you would use if you didn't want to be found out for for taking advantage of babies. I'm just saying. It, it literally, he's accredited as Plunkett, and then in parentheses as Vincent Carraza. But he's really Albert, the shitty agent from Quince. I'm saying. I think mm. so. I think the timelines add up. Quince and the famous Jet Jackson are in the same universe, and after he got fired from managing the Quince. He somehow landed the role of Jet Jackson's yeah. manager. He, he rebranded agent. himself as Plunkett. So you go from right. Albert to Plunkett and you just gain rep, uh, reputation. Uh, he said, I've reputable. taken care of five kids. What's one? Mm. Right. What's one 16 year old kid? Yeah, easy. So, whereas in the first part of this movie, prior to us broaching string theory and moving into the multiverse, where we were jumping between acting as Silverstone and Jet being himself, we now switch between Silverstone in Jet's world and Jet Jackson in Silverstone's world. And those are the the context switching, the scene switching that we have to do now. It starts with Jet emerging into Silverstone's world and not really believing after having an interaction with Hawk and Artemis and then being like, who is this guy? Is he being super moody? Well, they're like... He's like, oh, I'm so sorry I messed up the take, guys. We're going to have to run it again. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? What's t- what take? And he like will say the director's name. And they're like, who, who are you talking about? Let's talk about an actual nightmare scenario. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I couldn't help but think this during this movie of like, imagine this happened to you. And you are seeing humans. Like, I see both of you. And you look and sound exactly the same, but you think I'm someone I am not, and you cannot be convinced otherwise. Like, it, it is like to put to put yourself in the situation of Jed Jackson in that moment is like actually terrifying. Mm-hmm. It, because what do you do? How do you prove to them that you're not like you didn't get hit on the head and like have like uh, you know that you're not just a different you know like it's it is a wild thing because they have no reason to believe anything other than you are who they think you are how i would react is not how i think jet and silverstone reacted which was incredible calm i just mean, go with it they just, they're mm-hmm. they were kind of just go jet less so jet fights it a little bit more he has a little bit more resistance like that this is you know this is a crazy set what you know what got made here yeah. silverstone seems like more of a secret agent where he can just kind of like go with it He's like, I'm going to figure out what's happening. Well, and then Silverstone goes outside for the to the paparazzi, like, 
jumping him and then his mom shows up well jet's mm-hmm. mom shows up and she's like need a ride and he's just like i don't know you but yes like he just yeah. he yeah he just jumps in the car and pieces it together right yeah he's like you're my mom i understand right and then it's like mom tells him to go, oh your dad i understand like he is much more i don't know what's happening these people think I'm somebody I'm not. I'm just going to go with it. Whereas Jet is much more like, I'm not that guy. What's happening? They re- it's interesting the way they respond differently, I think. Yeah, I, it's, it's a good way for us as the audience to differentiate personality and then be able to switch and be like, you're Silverstone, you're Jet. And that I think ultimately what that does for us is it makes the scenes where they are together, in air quotes, together, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, you're like, okay, based on body language, the way they speak, how they act, and how they interact with the world, I know who's who when they look mm-hmm. identical because they're the same person. Yeah. So that was that was a really nice way of setting that up. So Jet interacts in Silverstone's world, thinks he's still acting. You have Artemis and Hawk being very confused. Silverstone now appears back in uh, Jet Jackson's world where he is chased by the paparazzi. His mom is the escape vehicle, goes and you learn that mom and dad are separated and he hangs out with dad. And we just sort of switch back and forth a couple of times, like super freaky Friday, but only if they were the same person style uh, for uh, throughout these scenes. And what we learn is that Jet Jackson in Silverstone's world is acting out the script that Silverstone in Jet Jackson's world is now reading and acting out as well, which... Which came first? I don't know. And I'm stressed about it. Yeah. Be, uh, could you imagine if you're so like, let's, let's take that thought exercise a step further, shall we? You're Silverstone and you're and reading the script mm-hmm. and you realize what's happening. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And because you've now, you've now met God. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's what's, that's what's yeah. just happened. You have now, if what is happening is that this script is being written and this determines what happens in your world, you are now shaking hands with God when you meet the writer of this television show. 100%. Yep. Like the implications are nuts. Right, because it can't really go the other way, right? It can't really be that, like, what happens in Silverstone World, what it goes into the writer's head. I mean, maybe. Maybe Silverstone writer is Crag, and Crag is staring down at the world that he's writing that we learn a little bit later. It's so creepy. I hated that. Yeah, listener, what we find out later that Jed discovers is that Crag is alive. He did not die. He has this weird technology that allows him to make an orgasm face and morph into anybody he wants to look like (laughs) or has seen before. And then uh, he transports cities <laughs> very specific mm-hmm. select cities to a alternate minute pocket dimension mm-hmm. starting with chicago and then new york you guys I mean, know how this you know how space and time is not good yeah this really this isn't movie. your movie is it? this is not my movie <laughs> yeah. i was like what is what is happening like <laughs> what's uh-huh. this is too much like, like if you were gonna start with any city on earth if you're going to recreate your own universe and you get to handpick any city on earth to start your universe with, do you think Chicago is the city you start with? I'm just, nope. I have to say this. 
I don't think Chicago is the worst choice. I agree, I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you. <laughs> there are worse choices. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Detroit's right there. <laughs> wow. Shout out our listeners in Detroit. We love you. Come well, on. Isn't it the number one crime city in the, in the United States? I just I mean, went for that. Yeah. I was going to say that or like Bismarck, North Dakota. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know. I don't know. Bismarck is nice. <laughs> I no, mean, maybe I'm, you I'm love a deep dish pizza. I'm but, not going. To, I'm not oh going. Chi Town. No. Yeah. Uh, the windy what city, city am I picking though? That's the question. It's an interesting one. If oh. you if you were going to start your own world and you have to base it off of one single city in on Earth currently existing, what city do you choose? What what vibe do you want your world to have? I have a couple of ideas. Sure. I don't think New York's a bad choice. I agree. I think New York is a pretty awesome city. You'd get great entertainment for your planet mm-hmm. that you're going to control. You'd get really good food. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think New York would make my short list. I think Paris would make my short list because cheese and wine would be mm-hmm. a, would be important. And I think Cape Town, South Africa would make my short list. Mm. But those are just places I've been and yeah. I liked. So I, I, I think I wouldn't be bold enough to say like, Rome, because I'm sure Rome is lovely, and I'd love to go there. But uh, what if it sucks? And Having I, not visited, right? It's... Yeah, I've not. I've not been, so I can't confirm if Rome is a good choice or not. Mm-hmm. I don't think Rome sucks. I bet Rome's awesome. But yeah, I mean, I, for for similar reasons, Tokyo is high on my list. To me, Tokyo represents a lot of the great of New York, but it's not dirty, and sure. the public transportation is better. Sure. Um, I've I've heard Singapore is wonderful. I think mm. that Singapore could be uh, a really good option. I think my questions are around like what comes with it. Is it just like city layout, or is it yeah. like you inherit culture, or you inherit like I think that, there's that sort of as well. That's important to me with the Cape Town answer because I want the sharks. Well, I true. Didn't know, I don't know if that was, clear. and they are they are key to the city. I agree. Oh, Cape Town, yeah, yeah. If it's any city in the world that I could pick, I've only heard good things about Tokyo, but I've never been, so that feels sort of disingenuous to pick it having not been. So I'd probably go New York, and then I'd take Don Griga in Belize. Oh, that mm. was nice. Don Griga is a beautiful. The food. It is a beautiful countryside. It has like both beach, mountain, and jungle. Like I'm all That's for true. that. That was lovely. Well, to answer the question of what is brought with you, in this movie, we learn because Jet follows Crag into his bubble of New York. Can we say, can we talk about the Chicago part first? Oh, yeah. That happens first. Artemis allegedly Mm. brings Hawk and Jet, who he thinks is Silverstone, to Mm -hmm. look at the crater that used to be Chicago. Ooh, ooh. Artemis sends them in a helicopter and then somehow meets them there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the minute he showed up there, I thought, this man is not sad enough about Chicago. He mm. did not give two shits about Chicago being gone. He's like, yeah, that's where Chicago used to be. What a bummer. I guess you got to figure it out. Bye. And I was like, theoretically, at the time, there was literally millions of people living in Chicago in 2001. And plus the pizza. And he just... Does that count as population? I'm, <laughs> I'm confused sorry. as a comparison. Millions of people, plus the pizza. I'm just saying, like, if you're not going to be sad about the millions of people, at least, like, you should at least be sad the pizza's gone. Plus that bean. 
Have you seen that thing? That's crazy. Yeah. You take a selfie in that. It's like, yeah, you get the selfie in that. Men like, been looking for it for all these years, and I, it's been in Chicago the whole I think, time. I think Oprah's from there. Like, a lot of stuff is important about Chicago, and he doesn't give a shit, and I go, that's the bad guy. I know that is the bad guy because yeah. he does not care about Chicago. And sure enough, as soon as Jet and Hawk fly away on the helicopter that says bomb on it, his face morphs with just brilliant 2001 technology mm-hmm. from Artemis yep. back to Craig. He creams his jeans and becomes Craig. So, <laughs> And we- I wrote in all caps, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I wrote in all caps, Artemis is Craig. <laughs> Artemis is Craig. Like, uh, really the reveal, proud of myself was, for I figuring out. I wrote it twice. Out, yeah. I wrote it two times. In really my, proud in my of notebook. myself yeah. for figuring out a plot yeah. point of a good job t- of a thirteen-year-old. Proud of you. <laughs> my, 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 and since we're sharing notes, mine in that scene is two lines. The boss shows up, followed by the next line of. This motherfucker's a bad guy. <laughs> like that's, that's the two yep. lines that I had related yeah. to this. And then three lines down, confirmed bad guy. Like that's, this is yeah. Yeah. confirmed. Uh, we take notes differently, uh, the three of us. So we have this scene in Chicago, which by the way, I just want to mention that they keep shooting back to the desolate wasteland that was once Chicago. And I thought, oh, they probably paid a lot of in CGI for that shot. They're going to keep showing it. They're going to keep coming back to that. We don't have and to boy, did they. Well, you don't have to harp on this, but I do think it's funny that just this week, one of the greatest TV shows of all time, The Last of Us Ended, which is also about the United States if it were to be like destroyed and just the graphic difference (laughs) (laughs) that's unfair that's unfair wow Molly holy shit I just was watching that I was watching that documentary last night and I was like I mean wow that really looks like Boston got fucked over there doesn't it and then now we're talking about this movie where it's just like a crater in the ground (laughs) (laughs) so like PBC out of the you know both are television shows they should be compared undeniably oh my god okay so budget probably oh for sure so we have fake artemis fartemis if you will send the kids to new york Uh uh-huh he takes out crystal pin and Uh rips a hole in space time and steps through into the cosmos Mm -hmm. they never explain the the space time hole pin but cool that i don't think they need to though right like i Actually, again, like, I don't think this is from the show, but I actually kind of love that they don't. Like, they've established, like, this dude manipulates molecules. That's why he can mystique his way to look like anybody. And then he pulls out this fucking crystal and cuts a hole in reality. And, like, I don't know that I needed to explain. I'm kind of down. This is very unrelated, but you saying that, I wish only one thing. And for the deep cut Disney nerds, I wanted this dude to have a theme song that played when he came on screen after you said that, and I wanted it to be Miracles from Molecules. That's all I wanted. Mm. As he just like <laughs> jauntily hops onto the screen. Oh, I got. So he he finds himself thrown into space time, traveling to New York to meet our hero and heroine. Goes to New York. They are in a fight sequence in a back alley that ultimately results in a countdown on a very conveniently placed digital display in the middle of the street of a street in New York that says you have two minutes to get out of the city before it's taken. They run away. New York zaps, disappears as they jump into the Hudson. Hold on, though. Yeah. My favorite part of this. Tell me. 
is Jet Jackson running through the streets of New York shouting, get out of New York. <laughs> just, just get out of it. He just, has. you know, you ever been in the middle of New York and just thought, I'm just going to easily get out of this city. Yep. He had, I looked it up in 2001. There are over 8 million people in the city of New York. Yeah. Jet just Jackson, get out of there. Jet Jackson had what? 60 seconds. Mm hmm. And he thinks he's going to go down one street in New York and go, get out of here. And all 8 million people are going to be able to evacuate the city. Efficiently, safely. <laughs> Can we, the most accurate thing that has happened in this movie thus far is the citizens of New York reacting to Jet Jackson running mm. down the street of New York. They're like, what in the? that they don't. They just don't, don't, yeah. don't like, give a shit. That seems normal. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to New York. Get out of here. Okay. Like, yeah, okay, whatever, dude. Sure. Like, like, if that happened outside my window right now in Long Beach, I wouldn't blink an eye. Like, and I'm not in New York, right? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm in a fairly quiet part of a big city and like, no one I, I wouldn't even pay attention yeah well all this is happening with jet in silverstone world silverstone in jet world is now dealing with the consequences of him canceling the show and that is what we've mentioned earlier where the townspeople are now sort of reconciling with the fact that there goes a massive bit of industry people's jobs are at risk tank is physically threatening jet and kayla is not talking to him yeah he stood her up at prom yeah but we also get so so Silverstone's thing now is I gotta I gotta blend in. Mm -hmm. I gotta figure out who everybody is. I gotta figure out their relationship, which leads to the most riz I've ever seen. The most the <laughs> the slyest thing I've ever seen to figure out somebody's name, where he says to JB, "Yo, write your name down on this piece of paper." <laughs> and sure. JB goes, "Why?" And he goes, "I want to show you something." And then JB writes JB and he picks it up and looks up and goes, JB. All right. And then just crumples the paper and throws it away. And he's like, wait a minute, I thought you were gonna never mind. I was like, that's the you know what? If I ever need to know somebody's name, I'm employing this technique. Tell me how it plays out. Listener, yeah. go if try ever, it. If ever I forget someone's name that I probably should know. I'm just going to go, hey, write down your name. I want to show you something. <laughs> you know what I've tried to do when I forgot someone's name is I try to introduce someone else to that person. Sure, yeah. And it sucks when they don't then say their name. Mm -hmm. That happened when Max and I were at Nintendo World Media event. There was someone that I'd met like once or twice and I, I knew the face. I could not remember the name. And I was like, this is Max, the other co-founder of our company. And I really wanted this person to be like, I'm so-and-so. And they just were like, hey, nice to meet you. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Say your name. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a good, it's a, it's, I mean, it's a tried and true technique, Molly. But might I suggest the next time you just pull out a piece of paper and say, hey, <laughs> right. write your name down on this. And when they go, why? You go, I want to show you something. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this TikTok. Sorry, I'll, we'll go back. And it was like six different ways to figure oh, out the radio name when one? you don't know. And I somebody was like, Asked them to spell their name and they were like how do you spell your name and the guy's like bob <laughs> it's like the most mainstream name like you've got i saw that they're like you've got an interesting name how do you spell that and he's like is it interesting bob like <laughs> you can really 
really bite you in the ass. <laughs> well, they also tried the introduce yourself technique. Yeah, they did. And, and she's like, like, what do you mean? I talk to you every day. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't work at all. They're like, have you have you met our, our PA? And then she's like, yeah, we, we talk every week in email. And she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> so awkward. Oh, my gosh. This is what I don't understand. Because if it was me, I'd be like, hey, I'm so sorry. I'm terrible with names. And I happen to have forgotten yours. What is it, please? <laughs> yeah, but but Silverstone's trying to blend in. He his is. best friend. He, he can't is. do that, right? JB. Write it on the... Is JB the Gilbert? Yeah. Uh, yeah, JB 100% he is. Gilbert. Is he, yeah. is, where is he on the Gilbert scale? I think he's better than Gilbert. I think he's better than Gilbert. Agreed. Better than Gilbert. Not the best Gilbert, but better no. than Gilbert. I also want to say that one thing that continuously keeps happening to Silverstone is that he keeps seeing the rat who is <laughs> yeah. of course just an actor on the show who plays the villain, but he doesn't know that cause he's Silverstone and he jumps on him on at the coffee shop, like Camille, the dog from hounded. Like he oh, like no. <laughs> the shot is just this guy sitting at the coffee table. And then from <laughs> nowhere off screen, it's just yeah. him leaping through the air onto him. Mm-hmm. And it, it becomes a recurring bit, but it's pretty, I think it's funny. Like I, it's oh, funny yeah, so that every I, time I he sees good. him, he's like rat. And he like runs after him and the guy's just like, I'm Murray. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like that they do it with the rat and not with the guy that plays crack. I don't know why. I don't know why I like I hadn't thought about that. But in this moment, I'm sort of glad that they do it with the like the sidekick character and not with the big bad, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's I, that makes it funnier. Honestly, I think it's just a funnier thing. So, yeah. So we learned that jet in jet's world would be public enemy number one and silverstone is dealing with that while he tries to blend in we go back to jet in silverstone's world where he deals with new york disappearing and then we go back to oh god the jumps between it's hard to keep track but i promise we were trying our best then we jump back after new york disappears to silverstone and jet's world where he is attempting to silverstone is attempting to reconcile the relationships and the problems that have been happening since the show was canceled, um, including a uh, spontaneous dance scene between Kayla and Silverstone backslash Jet in front of the same coffee shop where he assaulted a man. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's returning to the scene of a crime, which I think is a very foolish thing to do, but... You know, hey, it's JB's it's JB's family's shop, Mm -hmm. right? And he gets JB to basically arrange it to get Kayla there so that he can he can make things good with Kayla. They have a a little dance moment there. I I couldn't remember in this moment because I knew this was the end of the show. If him and Kayla were like a will they won't they the whole show. And so I feel like this is them and we're going to get a little payoff later with actual Jet Jackson, not with Silverstone, but this is them like, okay, we're finally going to give you the thing. I don't remember if they were ever actually together. My gut is no because of the prom awkwardness, but I think probably this is a will they, won't they Ross and Rachel for the whole run of the show. And finally in the movie, they're going to put them together. Right. So we have this nice sort of reconciliation where Silverstone recognizes that Jet is not actually hated by the town. It's just people having to get used to the new normal. And grandma comes in and starts spitting some facts. Jet's grandmother comes in and starts spitting Ms. some Coretta. facts. So, yeah. We to, love. We love. We love. We love. And is like, hey, I know you're not my grandson. 
who are you and why are you here? And this happens through an emotional scene where Silverstone, this is sort of a mirror scene that happens between Silverstone and Jet, where Silverstone is sitting on the porch of his family home and looking out at the moon and they have a conversation with the grandma about the moon and looking at the moon where Silverstone recites like what he does in his world. Mm -hmm. And grandma's like, I don't know who you are or how you got here, but think about this while you're here, what's happening with Jet? And Silverstone has that oh shit moment where he's having to like be conflicted. And she says that she knows it wasn't Jet because of his eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which mm. put a little pin. She in she does seem pretty unconcerned about her missing grandson in this moment. Yeah. I will say now but, perhaps it's because they have encountered the paranormal before. But I gotta say, if I just knew, hey, you look like my grandson, but you're not my grandson. I'd probably be a little bit more concerned than Miss Coretta is. Just a touch. But Jet is having the same conversation, essentially, with Hawk. So now yeah. each of them have one person in their current universe that knows the truth. Mm-hmm. But I, I got to go back just for one more second. Sure. It's, it's a, I feel like we need to talk more about Craig and his crazy like world globe thing that oh, he yeah. has. Oh, yeah. Because at one point he says to Jet, right before he takes New York, he's like, I'm going to get you back because you left me with this. And he points to the scar on his face. Oh, well, he shifts his, he's covered it, right? Like he had, because he can change the molecules, he basically like covered his, his scar and then he like shows it through. That's the perfect thing to say, because why does he give a shit if he can cover it? It yeah, it's weird. a great question. Like, he can shapeshift. He can look like anything he wants in the universe. Why do you care that you have a scar? Yeah, that's weird. It's like it's like a two-face motivation, but but if but, it never affected you at all. But, but the problem's gone because you could... Right. You, you don't even have to look like that, dude. You could look and like I, Brad Pitt if you wanted to. Like, why are you so worried that you have a scar? Also, I'm pretty sure he can only shapeshift because of that explosion. Yes. So, so like, welcome. you gained a superpower. Is what I heard. I'll take a scar on half you're my face welcome. if I could shapeshift. Yeah, like, you're welcome, Craig. Th- again, I'd lose a limb if I could shapeshift. This yeah. feels like a I very could just get a new arm. Yeah, just mm-hmm. shapeshift into somebody that's got an arm. arm. <laughs> nice problem solved. <laughs> that, that works. After we have this moment talking about the moon, talking to the moon. Sorry, uh, we cut back to Silverstone getting the final pages of the script that detail the ending of the Silverstone show. And as Silverstone is reading the script aloud, we cut to Jet in Silverstone's world acting out the script, which again, the implications of this are fucking insane. Mm -hmm. It is at this moment where I remember just being like, if I was Silverstone, I... How do you have a real internal yeah, struggle in this moment? You're like, I, this is very much like, uh, the Truman show. Truman show. Oh yeah. It's, it feels very much like that. And I'm like, Oh, thank goodness. You're not well, it's also there. like, you know, the next question I had was let's imagine jet stops making this show. What happens to this universe? Does it disappear forever? Does it, does it end? Like, let's imagine they stop making this television show. Is this universe that Silverstone's part of contingent on the show being written? Does that mean if they stop when they stop, 
that Craig gets to keep New York and Chicago in his creepy eyeball globe? I mean, theoretically, not to spoil the ending, they were going to kill Silverstone. Right. So he could keep his creepy eyeball globe? He was going to win, maybe, I maybe, guess. Or maybe it was a self-sacrifice do think, deal. Do you think Wanda modeled the hex after the eyeball globe? Maybe. Hmm. Because part I'm of telling you, this feels very MCU-ish. I'm, I'm just saying, like, when they show certain cities, like when they showed Chicago, not Chicago, New York, everybody was kind of slow moving and out of it kind of they like sepia toned it yeah did. yeah they sepia like, it yeah interesting mm. maybe wanda watched this really? amongst her sitcom watching yeah as a child. we did have we we did miss one second which i'm only gonna bring up because i i we're gonna get a kind of a similar one which is that crag takes the form of hawk at one point this is post new york uh jet comes back through the portal from New York. Hawk is waiting on him. And he's like, thank you so much for waiting on me. And they go back to mom. Uh, Mission Omega Matrix something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, one of you is an imposter. And so now they have to play this game, which I think is the classic imposter thing we know from, which is like, tell me something only I would know. And he makes Artemis recite the itsy bitsy spider to him, which is weird. And then he, Artemis asks Hawk about a plan he gave her. Oh, but I didn't give you a plant. You kill everything I, you know, you own, right? And she apparently does not have a green thumb. And so they know that Crag is posing as Hawk. And you see this game play out where they have to find the imposter and that's going to sort of plant a seed for later uh at the at the conclusion of this movie yes do you guys think that we should come up with some kind of question we can ask each other in case of an imposter well i'm pretty sure we've already done this we have our code word we've already got a code phrase is that the same yeah. i think it's the like only yeah only we know okay Mm. They do this in Harry Potter, too, where they ask very specific questions to identify mm -hmm. each other in case of impersonation. So I just didn't know if we needed to take measures. I, I, I think that um, if we were to take measures, it would defeat the whole purpose of the, the thing. Code because code, yeah. as soon as we take measures, somebody could find out. Right. It's mm -hmm. sort of like in the moment, I got to ask you some shit yeah. that no one else would know. Yeah, like, gotta know. Like, how many proms did I go to? Or was there a live band at a homeschool prom? <laughs> or what's the code word? <laughs> yeah, I know that. Or that. <laughs> yeah. So, the excellent call. What is it again? Wow. She's got wow. it. Wow. She's got to redact it. I'm just saying, if 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 Hannah, if our editor ever. Be becomes a person that can change bodies we got to be careful we do we need to watch out she knows too much she knows too much i'm not grappling with that is it me am i the drama i don't think i'm the drama maybe i am am i the villain i don't think i'm the villain so we have Silverstone read the script. Jet begins to play out the script and Silverstone recognizes before he reaches the final pages that it's a trap 
and Jet's going to fall into it. So I have to go through this artifact gateway that has been on this whole fucking time. Meaning that if anybody, an extra, a stunt person, a technician, an actor, had walked through it, they would have exchanged universes with their counterpart. What the fuck, movie? Do we? Well, they would have gone in. They would have exchanged who, who, because otherwise yeah. no one would have come out because that's the whole deal. Right. Like Jet's do, able to go in. You know? Do we all have a counterpart in the Silverstone universe? Hmm. It's an interesting question. I, I would think know. only actors do. Hmm. Well, if you're an extra, then you've been there at least once. I mean, once. extra, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, but like if the Cub Man goes in. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Probably not coming, yeah. <laughs> also, we're about to <clears throat> combine the Jet's Silverstones together. Yeah. Two things. At one point, I believe Grandma says, "If it isn't the famous Jet Jackson," and I really like the meta joke. Of, Very well done, Grandma. Yeah. Uh, but second of all, I wanted to ask: Did you enjoy the high school scenes more or the spy secret agent scenes? Hmm. Like which which storyline were you enjoying more? I'm gonna say the secret agent scenes just because it's such a big departure from what we've had in other decoms. Like we've had high school scenes. Now, granted, this is high school scenes with a twist because Silverstone's in them, but I, I think I enjoyed personally the secret agent stuff more because I thought it was funny to see like the bumbling actor do the secret agent stuff. Mm. I think I like the high school stuff more mostly, I think because I have the nostalgia for all these characters. Like I really liked, once I was in it, I really liked seeing Miss Coretta again. I really like dad a lot. I like... Uh, JB and Kayla like I like these characters and I like this setting and so I enjoyed watching the high school stuff that had those characters in it but I I think that what's great about the show is that you get both that like the balance exists I also like the high school scenes better but I think it's because I think secret agent trying to be a high school kid is funnier than than actor Mm. trying to be a secret agent like I just Mm. liked the fact that he kept tackling the rat and i liked Mm -hmm. like i just liked the his bits like him trying to be like you better watch out tank or i'm gonna release this like weapon on you and then it's just a prop like i think those scenes are more funnier well they do end up joining together because silverstone recognizes it's a trap jet is going to fall into it silverstone once more enters his universe as he does he he realizes and meets with jet they're in sort of they're in mom that's not a great way to put that they're in <laughs> the headquarters. <laughs> the headquarters. Yeah. Whoo. Good know, recovery. You know, but speaking of mom. Okay. Oh. Jeff's Jesus. mom. Mom, you've been doing this late the last couple, and and I, you know, like I, I I'm gonna need like an early one. Okay. Listen, <laughs> we're too into it. We're too into the universe. And uh, I just feel the need to talk about Jules Jackson right now. Okay, tell me about her. She's played by Melanie Nichols King, Mm. who also portrayed Regina Wright in a great limited series called Little Fires Everywhere, ran on Hulu. Great book if you haven't read it. Uh, One of the stars of Little Fires Everywhere was one Reese Witherspoon, uh, who played one of the main characters, Elena Richardson. Reese Witherspoon also played Jennifer in the movie Pleasantville, which is not completely unlike this movie. Uh, she starred alongside Toby Maguire, who played David, but you probably know Toby Maguire as Peter Parker from the Spider-Man films, uh-huh. where his love interest mm. was Mary Jane. 
She yes. did a really good job, and there was a ton of chemistry mm-hmm. there between Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst, mm-hmm. who, I gotta say, though, my favorite Kirsten Dunst role, Judy Shepard in Jumanji. Oh, a classic. A great film. Uh, and the uh, a lot of credit for Jumanji needs to go to Jonathan Hensley, who wrote the screenplay for that. Mm. And wouldn't you know, he also wrote the screenplay for the hit film Armageddon. Wow. wow. That's a fun connection, actually. Thank hmm. you. And, you know, what is a movie without music? I say what, it's... I agree. It's nothing. So we got to thank Trevor Rabin, because he was the composer on Armageddon. And this man loves a disaster film, because he was also the composer on Snakes on a Plane. Oh, <laughs> Why are these motherfucking snakes, snakes on this on motherfucking, this motherfucking plane? plane? Said by Samuel L. Jackson. I love yeah. that we went here. He played Neville Flynn. Ironically, he played a man with the same initials in many a film. That right, Nick Fury mm. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Possibly the best, or one of the best, arguably, films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Avengers Endgame where he plays alongside Queen Angela Bassett, who, of Mm. course, plays our Queen of Wakanda, Ramonda. She also plays Tanya in the critically acclaimed film Aquila and the Bee, Mm -hmm. which stars Lee Thompson Young as Devin. And, of course, Lee Thompson Young is Jet Jackson slash Silverstone. Gone way too soon. Obviously had to work him into this week's Armageddon. So there you are. You've been Armageddon, the part of the show where Molly, by no one's urging, has found yet another way this decom can be tied to the smash hit Armageddon. Don't tell her to stop because she won't. All right. Well, good callback to actual mom, not the Mission Omega Matrix locale as Jet and Silverstone are on screen together. And Silverstone convinces Jet to go back home. Jet walks through the archway, disappears back into his universe. And Silverstone sets out to Solaropolis to try to take on Craig. Now, how do we know this? Well, it's not because we see Silverstone walking back. I should go to Solaropolis. It's because jet upon emerging back into the movie set locale in jet's universe is met by the electrician who just so happens to be carrying the script of the last episode Mm -hmm. and they read it together and realize that uh the writers are going to kill off (laughs) silverstone at the end of this show Right. Well, because Jet goes back and and Silverstone said, dude, you got to destroy, you got to destroy the space time uh, machine. And so Jet goes to do that. And Cubman, Cubby, mm-hmm. Cubby. We love is the Cubman Cub is, is, is like, yo, 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 you can't do that. I have some shots. I understand why you feel that way after what they did to you. And Jet's like, the hell are you talking about, Cubman? Mm-hmm. And he goes, and then he reveals that they're going to kill you off that you know you've decided not to make the show they're gonna they're gonna kill you off and jet in this moment realizes silverstone of course is in danger so he goes back through the archway into the silverstone universe to aid silverstone in his fight against craig and this is when we learn that hawk and artemis have been captured and are behind a force field 
mm-hmm. at Solaropolis as Craig is touting his evil plan to begin to systematically select cities and bring them into his pocket dimension that he can look into with his eyeball, which so explains much. the eye in the sky, quite literally, in the pocket dimension while Jet is there. It's such crazy shots when the eye's in there because it's like... Mm-hmm. Like the Paris one, it's like you're laying on the ground at the Eiffel Tower and it's black and white. And then all of a sudden there's like a literal human eye like above the Eiffel Tower. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Je- uh, Silverstone arrives, confronts Craig and Craig is like, uh, 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 I just have to hit this button labeled in big letters laser and you'll die. <laughs> That's definitely how lasers work, I think. Mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. So Silverstone is effectively immobilized until who should emerge but jet and as jet emerges and is like what button do i hit silverstone's like how about the one that says off numb nuts and hey that is how buttons work hits the off button and a fight scene ensues that has incredible choreography for a decom it's so good um that all starts with jet kicking the force field generator and allowing hawk and artemis to emerge and fight the same surly guards who have been here throughout the by the way these guards would absolutely kick the asses of most people they're like they're big bouncer type builds gonna say that well they're grown adult men yeah, yeah. versus like <laughs> children yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah i would 100%. agree um it's so, not like they're fighting Tank. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, they're not fighting Tank. <laughs> if Tank was here, he's a real superhero. True. That's true. True. Yeah. Man, uh, honestly, the cameo we never knew we needed, but we definitely did here. The Incredible Tank. The, some oh, people would call him. Mm, the, those people are us. Yeah. And <laughs> he's, a big, he's a big part of the DC. Yeah. D- OMU. DCOMU. Yeah. yeah. We have this fight scene that plays out, and Craig is ultimately thrown from the platform by Silverstone and Jet. And as the camera pans, as Hawk and Artemis have subdued their villains, we see not one, not two, but three of the same person. Mm -hmm. Jet, Silverstone, and Unknown. Much like the Princess Switch 3. Yeah. Yep, it's exactly like that. 100%, that's the one. Mm -hmm. And and here's the thing, Max. Instead, instead of getting... The question and answer sequence of discovering imposters that we established was a good way to do that earlier. Mm-hmm. We get grandma voiceover. Hell yeah, we do. Miss Coretta. Miss Coretta voices I'll over. I'll always know my grandson's eyes. And they stare at each other for a moment and do this ultimate combo on, yeah, one, yeah. <laughs> on Jetster Stone 3. Dorkin! And he falls to the ground revealing that they have subdued Craig through the Wombo combo. Because it yeah, wasn't have. his eyes. It wasn't his eyes. You could just it tell. It wasn't his eyes. Mm-hmm. And they saved the day. Jet and Silverstone save the day. Jet decides to go back to his universe. Now, do you think that the script gets updated to where there's a clone of Silverstone that helps fight Craig? I hope so. You know what this reminds me? Now I don't understand. Was the, the, they had the script and now they have free will to go into that universe and change the events. So now what happens? <laughs> you just get back and you see like there's this like squiggle through all these words. Dude, <laughs> like so- I up until this point, it's whatever happened in the script happens in the show. But now Jet has taken matters into his own hands. He's gone in with knowledge of the script and has changed 
fate. This is Loki. It kind of reminds me of <laughs> Galaxy Quest. Y'all remember that movie? Yeah. Mm. Galaxy Quest. I loved that movie, but it kind of reminds me of that where they go up there only to find everything is real that they mm-hmm. like acted in for so long and mm-hmm. all the all the things are happening for reals. Uh, I don't know why that just hit me that this is similar. I mean, it's very similar. I I don't know the implications of this, Max. I think in this moment, we can assume that all that this universe is now another string and they have free will and are independent of the timeline, a new branching timeline. Where's Jonathan Majors when you need him? Yeah, where is he? We need what an incredible actor he is. Neither here nor there. Jet goes back to his own world where he meets with all of his friends uh, has a confusing handhold that becomes to acceptance with that, that that becomes rather acceptance with Kayla, and announces while standing up and orating in front of the crowd of townsfolks gathered that he will be back for another three seasons at Silverstone to keep the show going and roll credits and and arguably his new friend alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, I know. Sure. Now he has to bear his new friend's mortality on his chest. So like, not only, yeah, not only does he have to bear like giving up his own uh, self uh, interests, he not only has to bear you know the weight of the town and all the people he loves' jobs. He now yeah. also has to bear the mortality of his new friends, Silverstone Hawk and Artemis. So yeah. it's kind of a lot for a sixteen-year-old. To, uh, he does it though. Yeah, he, he yeah. bears that weight. He bears that he burden. Does. And folks, that's the end of Jed Jackson the movie. So I have to ask, how do you all rank this? Do you guys think that there would be like a support group for like Jet Jackson and Harry Potter and like all these kids who's like Frodo Baggins whose like entire like the world relies on their mm, shoulders? Oh, like they uh, should maybe. have a support group, I think. They really should, maybe with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They need to talk yeah. to somebody mm-hmm. who can understand uh, Tony yeah. Stark. Like all these people need to chat. Absolutely. So Molly, what do you rate this? I'm giving it a five. Um I think I'm hurting Max's feelings a little bit. No, not, not, we're just going to have a big deviation, but yeah, I kind of like when we have big deviations just cause I, like often we're really close. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I like the show more than I like the movie. I mm. don't love the space and time story. And if I'm going to be honest, like I was kind of bored for a lot of it. Like I kind of felt like we did the same bit multiple times of like, oh, I'm a spy, but I'm in high school. And like, I'm in high school, but I'm really a spy. Like we did that too many times, I think. Um, so I enjoyed seeing these characters again. I I actually really like uh, Lee Thompson Young. I think he does a really good job as both characters. I think much like Andy Lawrence in The Other Me, it's so interesting when an actor can play two characters and just by looking at their body language, you know which one it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he did a great job. It just, you know. It was it was very middle of the road for me. Okay. Max, eight point five. Oh, whoa! Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about it the whole time too. I I just think that this movie is a lot of fun. I think it feels super different than any other decom that we've watched in terms of action. I think again. I think if they made this movie without the show, it would probably be worse because I think that they would rely more on exposition, and that the fact that they just sort of throw you into this world and even if you've never watched the show they make a lot of assumptions about what you know makes the movie better um i just had fun watching it and 
probably nostalgia driven, but like, I just thought it was a good time. And, and really after us having watched, I don't know what 20 plus DCOMs, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like any other decom we've watched whereas like other decoms kind of feel at this point sometimes formulaic this one feels totally different mm. than all of those and so it was just refreshing and i had a lot of fun and i was hit with a, a huge nostalgia wave so eight and a half for me nice so i didn't watch the show this was my first time ever watching the movie uh so i don't have that nostalgia for any of this so i kind of came in with a very unique perspective i, I suppose in this group of three i'm giving it and after I watched it, I, I was like, this is an average movie. And then I sat back and I continued thinking about it. I'm going to give it a six. Uh, rationale there being, I do think there was a lot of repeated scenes. I think that for me, I had to make a lot of assumptions, but I was able to do that pretty well. I think it is an above average decom. If I think about average decoms that we have seen, I certainly think this is better than that. Uh, I think it's silly in places, but that's not bad. Um, yeah, it's just a good, I mean, I wouldn't turn this off if it came back on again. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a good silly decom that has some funny action moments. Uh, I think you, as Molly mentioned, if you cut one or two of the scenes in either the high school or in Silverstone world and tighten it up, I, it would probably be higher for me if I'm being honest. I just mm -hmm. like, we've done this enough. So uh, no, a good movie, good movie all around. Now let's go to IMDb. Mm. Now I read a lot of them and uh, there are some that were, were slightly funny. There's a lot of them that are like the retelling of the movie, which I don't enjoy reading. But here's one that's a 10 out of 10. It is titled Best Disney Movie, comma. Don't know why the comma's there. Just thought I'd call it out. <laughs> Great for the kids or any young children from the ages of 5 to 16. Hell, even adults can like it. Amazing. Hell! <laughs> Amazing storyline. Acting is superb. And this is just all around fantastic. One of the best original Disney movies. I cannot believe how good the effects are. I'm very happy I watched this. That's all one sentence. It's a run-on. It's a very big run-on sentence. Plus, whew, hold on. Let me breathe this out. Whew, whew. Plus, the main actor is cute to boot. Cute smile, bright teeth, beautiful slanted eyes. I recommend this if you want an action-packed suspense movie with a hint of comedy, and you know how every Diz movie is. Has to have a love interest. But regardless of the silly love parts, I cannot stress how wonderful this is. This is how Disney movies should be made. Okay. Stunned I, there's, silence? There's things about that that give me, a, that give me pause. But. Yeah. Is it slanted eyes? That, yeah, it was. That <laughs> is was, what it was. I was like, wow, you wrote yeah. that on a public forum. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Now, there is there is one that is a one out of 10 that I would also like to read you that says, is this hell? <laughs> <laughs> that is how this review is titled. Interesting that these two reviews are linked by hell. <laughs> yeah. Story is boring. Acting is bad on so many levels that it's horrifying to watch. Production ellipses. O-M-G. How can you cut a movie in so many places and stick them together again is beyond me. Every look on a face has its own cutscene. Why? You are only killing the drama and not creating one. Movie is total garbage. I have literally seen YouTubers do a much, much better job than Thank this you. movie. Don't watch it. You can use this movie as a torture device. Wow. Okay, that's a little much. Now <laughs> I wanted, I wanted. Uh, they spelled torture in a very unique way. That took me a minute to realize what they were saying. They spell it T O R C H E R. Oh, like yeah. a 
like uh, torture. Yeah, like, a torch. Like with a torch, one yeah. who torches. Yeah, okay. not not to be tortured with the T O R T U R E. Yeah, one one who one who torches. Yeah, you can you can torch this movie with flame. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that is Judd Jackson, the movie. Up next, we have... The Jenny Project. The Jenny Project. I'm unfamiliar with this. Monkey. I I don't know anything about it, but it's got a monkey on it, and I'm excited. Monkey. (laughs) About monkey, says Max. (laughs) It's about monkey. It's the return of Lance Guest. Oh. Great. Cosmo Cola. Yeah. Monkey. Welcome back to the theater, monkey. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to the Jenny Project. I hope it is good. I hope we're on a good streak. Um, I was telling Molly earlier that I, I sort of scheduled out some of our, our upcoming movies, and I had to stop when we got to double teamed just because I was giggling like a child. But I'm very wow. excited for a couple of the strings of what we got coming up. Nice. Folks, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. It really does help us out. And in the meantime, follow us on all of our socials. It's either at Mammoth Club or at Mammoth underscore Club. And if you want to interact and talk with us directly, we do have a Discord. So come and join us there. In the meantime, folks, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. And bye. Bye. Bye.